Alright, what is going on everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, April 25th of 2023 here. Looks like we have a nine-game MLB main slate on tap for later today, this afternoon. Uh, looks like we also have a three-game NBA playoff slate. Should be fun. Playoffs have been very, very entertaining so far. And we also have a three-game NHL playoff slate going on as well. So it should be a fun day of DFS, a lot of DFS a action coming at you today. Uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSims, the show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in live in the YouTube chat or in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below. And if you're not joined up with SaberSim, uh, we do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern to get users' questions answered. If you want to check us out, come and get your questions answered. There's a link to a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial. But that being said, can you get the app pulled up here? Uh, looks like we have one question in the Discord, so I will... Okay, actually, no, we have two questions. Uh, so two questions in the Discord. Don't think these are going to take super long here. Should bust right through these. Uh, so if anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get those in, as always. All right, so F Primo has a question. Said, is there a only in stack option for baseball yet? If not, what is the best way to go about this? So good question here. Let's go over to baseball. Uh, this is one that we we talk about um, on like a stat level for um, like hitters with a low home run expectation, but you can do this on an individual batter level as well. There are just certain players that you know uh, that you're not grouping them by any type of statistical basis here. You're just uh, kind of off the cuff like, hey, I have like a group of guys that I know I don't want to play unless I use them in a stack. Maybe you're doing like something like order, right? Maybe you're saying, hey, uh, don't give me like a one-off nine hitter. If I'm going to have a nine hitter in my pool, maybe, uh, or in my lineup, make sure that they're in a stack, right? So I could see something like that. So what I would do, I would go to uh, lineup rules, add new rule. I would go to group and I, you know, I don't know if you could do order by automatic. I'm actually interested in that. Um, let's see, is order here? So order is not. So you would have to click these guys in. So let's say we wanted to do that order version, right? So what I would say is I would do an if-then rule. So you could change this use to if here. So then say if at least one, and then we're going to group by team. And, or actually, no, I'm going to do a manual rule here. So if you want to do the order, we got to do manual, but you can still use the if-then. So then what I'm going to say is if at least one, and I'm going to check in, ooh, Man, we can't group by team here. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> okay. So what you would have to do is you would have to do this on a team-by-team -team level for your order guys. So let's so let's do let's let's shrink this sample down a little bit. So let's say that um, maybe you know that you don't want to play the seven, eight, nine hitters from a certain team as one-offs, you only want to play them if they're in a stack. So then what I would do is I would go filter by this team. So just use a little filter icon. I'm going to use the angels for this example. And I'm going to say, if at least one, and I'm going to put the seven, eight, nine hitters in here in this primary players. And then I'm going to say, use at least two 
from the secondary players. And then I'm also, and then I'm just going to check in the entire lineup here. So then what this is going to say is, Hey, if I use these seven, eight, nine hitters, make sure that they're at least in a three stack of the entire team here. And then that would be the rule like for the angels, but um, you would have to do that like manually on a team by team basis for order here. The other rule that we talk about regularly, which I would highly recommend figuring out a way to, to do this, that, that gets you really close to what you want is um, this. If then rule, this is an automatic type where you are using a stat requirement. So one that we use often here is as a demo is if at least one player from a team who has a home run expectation of less than 0.12, then use at least two players from the same team. So what you're saying is like, Hey, if a guy has a 0.12 home or less than a 0.12 home run expectation, then put him in a stack with other players on his team. So you don't have to use this version. Uh, you know, you could use projection. Um, we have, we have a lot of different options here. You know, we have, projections, ownership, value, uh, singles, doubles, triples, home runs, stolen bases, runs, RBIs. We have pitcher stats, uh, percentiles. If you want to use like a percentile, whatever it may be, you could use all of these different versions here. But just a couple of different ways for for different things that you might try to, uh, to, to accomplish there. But I got to get rid of all these rules. All right. Uh, next question here from Jay Sams Jr. Let's get this one in here. Question says, I have a question. When you lower sim diversity, does it give you players that are more consistent in the fantasy scoring for MLB and also NBA? Also for NBA, are the blocks and steals factored into a player's fantasy projection? Keep up the great work. Saber Sim rocks. Awesome. Thanks for the kind words, Jade Sims Jr. Uh, going to hit these one at a time. Going to talk about this MLB question first, and then we will jump over to NBA and talk about NBA but says uh, basically what is happening when you lower the SIM diversity slider? I think that's a really good question and always worth uh, refreshing here. So, so basically what is happening? So you can think of SIM diversity as a, as a spectrum, right? At zero SIM diversity, what is happening is that, you know, we are looking at um, the, the player's mean projection and we are using that projection when we go to build your lineups. So this you know, I'm going to use Otani, for example, here. Otani has this wide range of outcomes where his two most common outcomes are less than five points about 40% of the time here. And then he has this big tail to the right where, you know, sometimes he's scoring like over 30 points, you know, uh, high 20s, uh, you know, probably one, two home run game or something like that, right? But those outcomes only occur a small percentage of the time. And then, so, so at Sim Diversity Zero, we're taking the mean score across all of our Sims in our database for this individual player, and we're doing that for every single player. At Sim Diversity 10, what we are doing is we are taking a slate, um, uh, a single instance of a slate occurring. So what we are doing is we are going and taking one game Sim from each game on the slate, and then that is creating one single slate simulation. And then whatever the whatever the players 
score in that one sim is now their projection that we use when we go to analyze building your lineups and then we build you a lineup and then that is one lineup and then we would do that process however many times 500 times uh, 1500 times whatever that may be and then everything kind of in between is is either like a more or less I, I would say so basically like the lower your sim diversity goes uh the the bigger the bucket of sims that we're using so it's 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 very um i guess like variant is probably like the right term here uh you you don't know how how ronald acuna is gonna do if we take you know 10 sims out of five thousand. like he could have 10 really bad sims and, and not get in any of your lineups he could have you know a couple good sims a couple bad sims he could have you know just uh, a lot of sims where he just like smashes the slate and and you're so so you're not really sure right um it's a little more a, a little more like variant a little more um he could have like these really huge games right like let's say that let's say you take three sims right i'm just making these numbers up and then in one of those sims he gets uh 30 points so now even if he goes zero zero he's averaging 10 points which is just about his mean anyways uh but but you know maybe maybe he doesn't score zero in one of those other two games so by, by doing it that way, by taking these small samples, uh, sometimes you're going to get sims where, you know, the player does does really good, sometimes where the player does really bad, sometimes where the player is very close to their average here. But as you increase that sample that you're uh, pulling from the sim database, when you are lowering sim diversity, the, this player is going to get closer and closer to their mean projection that you see in the app here. So it's like basically like the law of large numbers, the, the, the bigger your sample size, the closer to the theoretical um, probability you, you arrive at, you, you achieve. Um, so, so that's kind of what's happening here. So, so what I would say is that, you know, when we say, oh, you want to build for more upside, you should increase your SIM diversity. What we're saying is like, Hey, um, be comfortable with, with higher variance and take these smaller buckets where a player who might not be the most obvious play from a mean projection standpoint can have a really good sample and that would lead to him having a really good in life game or a really good chance of having a real game when this game actually plays out one single time and that is how you we that is how we help you find high upside players that you know um, might might not be the most obvious because their mean projection is not the highest to start with, right? So that that is why um, we we like associate increasing sim diversity with higher upside lineups, uh, lineups that are you know kind of further away from from like the chalkiest, most common constructions here. But then as you lower sim diversity, uh, you're going to get closer to those chalkier type plays, uh, those those plays that just grade out really well on a projected score basis. Let me know if uh, you need any more clarification there, Jay Sams Jr., but really good question. Happy to talk about that one. All right, jumping over to the YouTube chat. Two questions here. If anybody has any more questions, now is a great time to drop those in the chat. All right, Brian said, I have had success with smaller MME contests on Yahoo. Thoughts on specializing in low stakes MME contests in 1K to 10K range on DK. I'm going to wait for the smaller contests to open up in the lobby. Okay, so really good question here. 
Um, one thing that I do want to uh, point out here, this is something that, that I think that happens more during uh, basketball season. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, before I move on, I, I, I missed the second part of this question from Jay Sams Jr. talking about NBA. So um, Sim diversity works the same way across all sports here. And the last part of this question, uh, are blocks and steals factored into players' fantasy point projections? Yes. So we fact we understand what stats are being um, graded or, or scored for by, by the sites, right? So if, um, you know, DraftKings values a steal and a block at two points each, but FanDuel values them at three points each, all of that is being captured in the Sims. And if you have the ability to see the detailed stat projections on the home screen, which is available on the Saver Sim Pro plan, uh, you'll be able to see the steal and block categories here. And then these are the these are um, the average steals and blocks that these players get in a, in a game in across all of our Sims for their game. So you can see that detailed stats here in the app as well. But yes, all of that is being accounted for in the fantasy point projection. All right, getting back to Ryan's question. Um, so so couple couple things here. Uh, one thing that I know can happen, like let's say that you're playing like the $4.20 max, right? Uh, usually that contest is has, has a prize pool above $25,000. So the DraftKings guidelines for um, like, I don't, I don't know if it's called fair play or, or what it is, but basically uh, players with, I think a million dollars or more in lifetime earnings cannot enter contests under $3 and they cannot enter contests under $5 where the prize pool is below $25,000. So that $4 20 max below the $5 threshold, but it is over the prize pool threshold. So all users have access to that contest. Uh, if those contests fill pretty early, DraftKings will release a second smaller contest of the same entry limit and um, entry size as far as like how many entries that you can put into the contest, but it will be smaller. And so usually that prize pool is underneath that 25K limit. So the best players are not even seeing that second contest open. And I think that second contest is a really good contest to play if you are hawking the lobby, uh, checking, you know, within an hour before lock to see if they opened up a second contest or not. I think that's a great, I think that is a great idea. Um, so I, I think that there's something to say about specializing in, in some of these um, different type of contests or different, um, not, not the most popular sites, right? I think like the DFS contest site hierarchy is like, DK and then FanDuel and then Yahoo and then you know uh got gotta throw them in there. Uh owner's box now, right? Uh I think owner's box is great. If you guys aren't playing on owner's box, don't know what owner's box is. We have a uh promo page in the description of this video. The contests uh, have been overlaying a lot. Contests are pretty soft, haven't seen a ton of uh the sharpest users that you see over on these other sites playing in those contests. SaberSim was the first major optimizer to support owner's box. You can earn free SaberSim credit. So along with like the um, owner's box that you get as like rake back from the site directly, you also can earn free months of SaberSim and that is unlimited. You can earn as many free months, years as you want for, for as much money as you can get down. If you use promo code Saber, we, we track that for you. 
and then they also have a $500 deposit bonus. But um, I, I think that it's a great idea to play on owner's box, play on Yahoo, and then just focus on this under $3 stuff on DK and FanDuel. I think that you can actually get a lot of money down. And if you calculate it, you could easily get like in the one to 2K range, um, especially if you're playing all these alternate slates, the turbos, the nights, the showdowns, uh, play all the satellites. Uh, those give you access to some of those tougher contests. But but hopefully if you do good in the satellites at a decreased um, entry fee, right? So maybe you're um, playing, I think that uh, FanDuel does this a lot where they'll run satellites for like their flagship GPP, which I don't see DK do that as much any uh, as much as FanDuel does. But FanDuel will just like have these once in a while, like uh, larger than usual uh, flagship GPP. So they'll run like $9 satellites to MLB flagship one day. And you could, those, those contests overlay a lot as well. So, you know, maybe instead of paying, you know, nine times 150, you're, you're paying, you know, $6 times 150 because you won all 150 of your entries off of satellites. And so you got in for one third of the contest entry fee. If you add up, you know, all the money you spent on satellites versus uh, how, how many entry, how much it took you to accumulate that many tickets. So I think there's a lot of ways to like squeak out some edge. I think that you're thinking about it the right way. I would say just keep grinding it out, uh, finding those edges and taking advantage of them where you can. All right, Liam has a question. Liam said, if uploading my own custom projections and ownership for a sport we don't sim, will the lineup builder take into account Saber score correctly? Okay, good question here. So let's go. Um, let's see. Where can we go? Um, maybe soccer. I think soccer's probably the best one here. Uh, really quickly, just to get some clarification uh et said hey dudes uh do you have any videos focused on a b testing uh could you let me know what you mean by a b testing uh that would be great like what what exactly is that an acronym for if you clarify that i will jump back to it once we get through liam's question okay uh so we have this uh, soccer slate here. I think that this is a great example here. So I'm just going to use these salaries as um, just to get some projections in here. And then what I'm going to do, I'm just going to run a build and then I'm going to kind of talk about this in the post build, kind of show you guys uh, what is going on here, what factors are being used in Saber Score and which factors are not. So we're in the post build now. You know, our sorting metric is going to go automatically here. So if we look at this formula for Sabre score, uh, what we're going to see is it is going to be a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's going to have three components. Your sum projection of your lineup, the lineup's percentile, and then the lineup's uh, average adjusted ownership here. So because we don't have Sims, we're not going to have this percentile one. So this is essentially just going to be zero. Uh, we, we're going to have the sum projection here, which is going to be shown at the bottom of the lineup, which is just the accumulation of all the players uh, via your custom projections here. And then the last part is that if you upload custom ownership to a sport that we do not have sims for, basically the custom ownership is just going to be the average adjusted ownership. So 
the the average adjusted ownership is you know an internal metric that we created to um, help us identify which players are highly variant and which players are not. Uh, since we don't have sims, we can't use the average. We can't use the adjusted ownership, or it's not going to be available here in the app. So what will happen is um, we will just one for one your ownership. So your ownership will, will basically be the adjusted ownership here. So these will be one for one if you upload your custom ownership. And then that is what we will use as part of this Sabre score formula. So you'll have the sum projection, you'll have the ownership, you just will not have the um, lineup percentiles. So that is how it works uh, for sports that we do not have Sims for. Okay. Um, Getting back to this other question, said lots of optimizing talk. Think you would do well to connect with like the business school guys who may be watching. I mean, like running multiple tranches with different assumptions. I like running a 20 versus 20 with various priors. So test the salary restrictions, some uh, test the stacking restrictions, some, et cetera. Uh, really quickly, Liam said, thanks. Uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, what, what I could say is that, you know, we do a lot of, back testing we do a lot of contest sims behind the scenes here um that's not my particular forte here i i more know the um rough outline the the sketch of it i'm not hands in the dirt in that part of the company uh if you're looking for more information as to what really goes into all of our uh back testing and um contest sims what i would do is i'm sure you'll um find this pretty enjoyable you go over to podcasts and then we have this behind the sims podcast here so this is basically um conversations about different um projects that we've worked on with specifically usually involves our models team so that is eric and will as well as matt who is the founder of saber sim and jordan is in there kind of uh what i i don't for lack of a better term, like translating, uh, you know, asking questions to, to bring it down to like a more um, basic understanding type of level. So we did a contest selection one, which is ultimately how we came up with the DFS profit plan. And then we did this contest simulation series where this is basically how we back tested our sliders for MLB season last season and made adjustments to that and optimized that. So a lot of content here, but really good stuff if that is your particular forte. Um, and uh, said, so, oh crap, sorry, man. Thought it was thought it was that show. Just click the live. Oh, no worries, man. Uh, happy, happy to uh, clarify that for you. But yeah, give this a shot, check it out. And um, if you're interested in, in, you know, questions or feedback or anything like that, uh, join the Discord, and we have a Behind the Sims channel, and you can ask questions in there about, you know, if, if, if you have any questions about things that we did in some of that backtesting. All right, AK said, really quickly, you're going to get Saberson pulled back up. And AK said, what are some quick key things to look at when observing value and leverage if it is close to lock and some late changes have occurred without much time to research? I think this is a very good question. Uh, more of our NBA type question. I think that this is like a situation that comes up in NBA a lot. But I think first and foremost, right, uh, 
you got to remember that, you know, let's say uh, news breaks really close to slate lock, you know, you're, you're, you're in a crunch for time. You're starting to feel the stress come down upon you. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not going to be able to go through my normal process, whatever. I got to make adjustments on the fly. Uh, take, take a breath and just remember that every single player in your contest is dealing with this exact scenario. Like, uh, chances are, you know, nobody has the insider information that came out 20 minutes ago that, Hey, this guy's probably going to sit. And then it doesn't get released to the media until 20 minutes later. Uh, basically almost nobody has that information, right? Uh, we're, we're all following like underdog NBA and waiting for these alerts on Twitter and, and, you know, following beat reporters and things like that. Right. So if you're in a crunch for time, it's okay. Everybody's dealing with the same exact situation. I think what you should do is if you had any um, particular priors or prior like thoughts or something about a certain situation and this news just blows it out of the water, uh, you know, just completely change the, changes the dynamics of the team, of the slate, probably going to happen in basketball. What I would do is I would wait for the newest sim to run and you could follow along in the NBA lineup alerts channel in the Discord. And I would just trust the sim. Uh, you know, we're going to be able to take in that information quickly, adjust and redistribute minutes, usage, fantasy points, etc. cetera, uh, probably like extremely fast within minutes here. And in a situation like that where I'm crunched for time, I know that I'm not going to be able to add that much value. So I'm just going to trust the sim in that particular scenario. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't like limit your exposure to a situation. So like let's say that um, – Let's say that, I don't know, Jokic gets ruled out, gets ruled out, you know, five minutes to game time here. Uh, next sim runs, right? And then you're just getting, I don't know, like 100% exposure to all these Denver guys. Uh, it's okay to, to dial that back a little bit. That is like probably a spot where, you know, it makes sense intuitively why you would want to do that. Maybe not all the players in your contest are going to be swapping and uh, capturing that news. Um, but, but with Saberson, you're able to do that really quickly, run your late swap, get those uploaded to the site. So from from like a uh, EV standpoint, you know, probably good to like just jam them in. But if that makes you uncomfortable, I think it's okay to limit your exposure to them. But you really got to handle it on like a, um, just, just on a particular situation by situation basis here. There's no perfect guidelines like, hey, when, when late, uh, news breaks always have two X of the next starter or something like that. Like that's just probably bad advice if anybody were to give that to you. So I'd be very cautious uh, if you heard something along those lines, but I think that in general uh, the, the builder is really good that we have a lot of data and, you know, we, we've probably seen a situation like that arise in the past and, and we can uh, figure out what, everybody's uh, redistributed minutes, usage, et cetera, should be. So I'd say trust the sim if you're in a crunch. All right, Teflon said, is there a filter or lineup rule that can filter so that lineups have no more than two non-starters? I know that may be impossible, but just thought I would ask for NBA. Okay, um, what can you do here? So... We were looking at these group rules earlier and there was a status requirement, but I don't know what this is. 
status is okay so what you can do is and you said no more than two non-starters so then what i would do is i would say use i would do a group automatic rule i would say use no more than two i would leave group by unchecked and then i would add this stat requirement that says status is and or status is not confirmed so basically what happens is that when the lineups come out when the lineups get confirmed we're going to put check marks in these boxes for the starters and then for the non-starters uh we're just going to leave their status box unchecked so atlanta will get like a check mark probably going to be like trey young bogdanovich Clint Capella, Hunter, and Collins here. So they will all get a green check mark here. But then like Bay, Okongwu, Jalen Johnson, they'll still be projected, but they won't have a check mark. So so basically uh the players with check marks are considered confirmed, and the players without check marks are considered not confirmed, but they are not out. Uh they are available, I guess is the right term here. So then what I would do is I would do this group automatic rule, say use no more than two. And then I would do stat requirement of status is not confirmed. And then what you could do is you could save this as a manual rule here and then just go in and see what it's doing. So what it's going to do is it's going to say, it's going to go and find all the players whose status is not confirmed and then put them in a group rule. Um, one thing on this is that at this point in the day, nobody is confirmed. Uh, so, but what's going to happen is, if you save this as an automatic rule, which I would make sure that you do, as statuses change, this rule will automatically update. So we saw that we had 61 players in this rule. As Atlanta gets confirmed, as Boston gets confirmed, uh, that's going to be 10 players that get confirmed. We are going to remove those 10 players from this rule and then shrink that down. And then as the night goes on, uh, that is going to continue to shrink here. So, I would say that it is a little tricky because the starters are not going to be confirmed for these other teams yet. So this would make sense if you had all of the lineups at lock. So I think that probably the better thing to do here is to do just like a group manual rule. And then say use no more than and if this is like for the nba playoffs i think it's pretty easy to just say okay you know these five guys are probably going to start and then just check in uh these other guys and then just go through the six teams so then you know i'm just going to check in who i am predicting to not start so for boston probably tatum brown smart horford white i i guess uh maybe and then i'm going to check in brogdon williams and then probably that's it, like for that team. So pretty easy to, to just um, swift through here, check these guys in uh, since it's only a few games at this point in the season. And then you will have a group manual rule where it says use no more than two from this select group of players. So as long as you have an idea of who are the starters and who are who is not, you can create this group manual rule and then have that for you um, before the slate starts, before all the lineups are confirmed and build your lineups using that rule. So that is how I would do it. All right, AK said, it works best for showdown because otherwise main slates would be slamming all the first game into the Sims, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I think that's like kind of what we were talking about with uh, that status rule is that 
Um, not that it would, not that it would slam those guys, but it would basically say you could basically use anybody from these later games because they're all not confirmed. Um, so they're all a part of that group role. So it kind of like defeats the purpose unless you're late swapping every single time. But I don't, I don't think it's like super necessary to late swap every single game time, especially in the playoffs, because usually the the news for these teams is already out. We're not getting a lot of late breaking news. We kind of know who's in and who's out and who's expected to play, um, et cetera. So it, it makes more sense to me for something like baseball, but obviously you don't care about uh, non-confirmed players in baseball. We're not rostering pinch hitters. Teflon said, perfect. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I know that last group manual will do and showdowns. I will do that. I will limit it right on. Glad you were able to uh, get the answer you were looking for. Happy to help you on that front. Uh, But all right, everybody, I think we are all set for today. Caught up with all questions in the discord and the YouTube chat. Uh, We'll be right back here tomorrow, Wednesday for our next show. If anybody has any questions, building lineups throughout the day, drop them in the office hours channel, let them sit there. That gives us a steady queue of questions to get started with at the beginning of tomorrow's show. But until then, good luck in your contest. Take care. I will see you. Bye.